Thanks to Indeed for sponsoring the Apple Bits XL. Indeed knows hiring needs to be cost-effective when you're running your own business. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash applebits. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. And thanks to ZocDoc for also supporting the Apple Bits XL. ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, are available when you need them, and treat almost every condition under the sun. Go to ZocDoc.com slash AppleBits and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free and book a top-rated doctor. All right, everybody, let's get to the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's the Apple Bits XL. Brian Tong here, your host, doing the most for everything good and bad inside the world of Apple. Welcome, everybody. It is episode 272. This one's going to be a little short one because I'm still finally wrapping up my reviews. If some of you don't know, I've been doing a lot of wedding planning stuff, and my wedding is in less than two weeks. So it's kind of getting crazy, but don't worry. The review, the full review video, will be up in the next couple of days. I did all this crazy in-depth testing, but uh, my hope is that I'll get it up, even honestly, in a day by the time you hear this. So we're going to jump into the new MacBook Airs. We're going to jump into the Mac Studios and the Mac Pros this week. So we will talk all about it. But first, let's get to some orders of business like we normally do. If you want to be a part of the show, all you got to do is call in, record a voice memo, send it into Show at gmail.com. That's AppleBits with A-Z. Your name, where you're from, where you want to talk about questions, comments, criticisms, all the above. All you got to do is just send it in. Remember, record that voice memo, AppleBitsShow at gmail.com. Also, this show is brought to you by you. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you support my content. It's how you support this podcast, my videos, all the above. It starts at $2 per month, $5, which is like a cup of coffee, if that's the value that I bring to you. 10 25 and the $100 Platinum Apple level. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you support me, and you get early access to content, rewards at different levels, and a completely ad-free version of the show. So thank you, thank you for all of your support. Okay, let's get into this, and I think the first thing that we have to talk about is probably the most important piece of hardware that we've seen so far from Apple this year that is actually physically available for customers, in my humble opinion. And that would obviously be the 15-inch MacBook Air. Now, people like you that are listening do have them in their hands. They started shipping on Monday of last week, or is it Tuesday? Tuesday of last week. And, you know, people have torn them down. There have been some benchmark tests. But I, I found that a lot of people, you know, I don't watch people's reviews, but I even look at headlines. And everyone gets all obsessed about the benchmarks. And the benchmarks are a good point of reference, but they don't mean anything until you actually do some file exports, video exports, audio tests, just putting these machines to their actual practical use. So I'm going to have a whole bunch of results using Premiere, Final Cut Pro to give you a really good sense. And what I can tell you, which I found really interesting, is even though from a benchmark standpoint, the 13-inch MacBook Air and the new 15-inch MacBook Air pretty much bear out exactly the same when it comes to those Geekbench benchmarks. When it comes to actually rendering or exporting out projects, and I think it's most likely purely because of the actual thermal design, it's a little larger and there might be a little bit of more cooling 
that enables the M2 processor to be at least a little more efficient. I found that the M2 15-inch MacBook Air does export videos um, and different lengths just a bit faster than the M2 13-inch MacBook Air. And when I say a bit faster, in some of these crazy Final Cut Pro exports, it's like by three seconds, but it was consistent across the board. I run these tests multiple times. I do an export three times and make sure, and every time I export them also, the results are pretty much within seconds of each other from the difference within a single machine. And then when you compare two machines, the 13-inch to the 15-inch, the 15-inch had a slightly better performance, nothing where you'd be like, oh my gosh, it is so much faster. It is such a better machine. But the fact of the matter is it's a little faster. And so we've also seen teardowns inside the 15-inch MacBook Air. Um, iFixit always does these massive teardowns of all of Apple's products. And what they found is that, guess, like as expected, similar designs internally as the 13-inch model. The biggest notable difference being the two extra speakers that are in the machine. We have better audio with this new six-speaker sound system, which is now two tweeters and then two sets a force canceling woofer. So basically one tweeter and two woofers on one side, one tweeter and two woofers on the other side for a total of six speakers. And it brings a deeper bass. You get spatial audio support for Dolby Atmos. And it's just more immersive when you're listening to music or watching movies. So that's going to be probably the biggest noticeable improvement that you're going to find. And then, and it, it does hold true. And then also internally, the battery itself is bigger. So the battery has to be bigger to support a larger display, but when you're talking about, well, it still has the same 18-hour battery life. That's just because of Apple doing optimizations uh, in software, as well as you know the new model being able to hold that larger capacity, but also need to support a larger display. It's a good thing it wasn't less, but they're still getting 18 hours of regular use, depending on how you use it, obviously, for the 15-inch MacBook Air. Again, this is the machine I always wanted in college. All my tests have shown that it is pretty much exactly what you expect from a 13-inch MacBook Air. Just if you are the type of customer that needs a larger display, this one is going to be nice. If you haven't purchased a laptop in a long time, you've been looking for a new one, and you want to, even if you don't want to play with media, but from a pure standpoint of how fast it is, how quiet it is, this is absolutely a winner. Win a winner chicken dinner starts at $12.99. 13-inch now starts at $10.99. It used to be $11.99. So my full review with a little more details and subtleties and what stood out to me is coming in the next couple of days. Now we also have the new 2023 Mac Studio reviews with the faster M2 Ultra chip, which is basically two M2 Max chips fused together. And also they're now dealing with dual media engines and Apple's been able to optimize those dual media engines in the M2 to be even better than before. So you're actually going to see performance scores from certain rendering aspects do a lot better and just really be able to juggle more, handle more. And at the same time, the Mac Studio to me is, I don't want to call it overkill, but you know I've run tests on it already. I'll be putting that review out shortly after the MacBook Air one. And even unless you are someone who's really wanting to get not only content creation, but they're making these machines capable of being 8K exporting machines. I mean, it's wild to think, but 
it absolutely it absolutely can do it. So look, if you want to talk about one of the advantages this new M2 Ultra or M2 Max based Mac Studio for 2023 has, I think the biggest change you're going to see is yes, you're getting faster Wi-Fi 6E. Yes, you're getting Bluetooth 5.3 connectivity. So finally, modern Wi-Fi and Bluetooth that catches up with what's been out there. The pricing remains the same at $19.99, but the biggest thing, an HDMI 2.1 port. And when I say the biggest thing, other than the speed, it enables you to connect 8K external displays now. The other ports are staying the same. So this Mac Studio now has ungodly beast-like performance. It's stupid. It's honestly totally stupid. You can connect at one time five to eight 4K displays at a 60 refresh rate if you want to over DisplayPort via Thunderbolt Port 4. Um, Thunderbolt 4, sorry. The panels can go up to 6K resolution at 60 hertz if you want to come down to a total of six displays, 6K at 60 hertz. And then from there, you can go to three displays that can all output 8K resolution at 60 hertz. So a Mac Studio today could do, (laughs) with the M2 Ultra, three 8K displays at 60 hertz. And if someone's like, oh, 60 hertz is low enough for content creation, you don't need anything more than 60 hertz when most of your stuff you're outputting is going to be 30 frames per second, 24 frames per second, maybe some 60 hertz, 60 frames per second. So um, if you need a faster refresh rate, you can go to use the HDMI port, which does support 240 hertz at 4K resolution. Also supports variable refresh rate, HDR multi-channel audio. If you're listening to this, like, I don't even need this. You probably don't need a Mac Studio. It is ridiculous how powerful these machines are. Even when they benchmark it, um, the M2 single-core processor pretty much holds true. I think uh, the Geekbench 6 for a standard M2 MacBook Air, or sorry, yeah, for the 15-inch was around, like, for a single-core score was around 2,400. For the M2 Ultra, it was around more like 2,400. But then when you when you start talking about uh, multi-core processing, the M2 15-inch MacBook Air was around um, 100 thousand and the m2 ultra was was over two hundred thousand. it's insane so i have the benchmark i have the results of exports and uh i just do i want a mac studio maybe i will one day but now it my m1 max macbook pro is so good and there are some gains but not enough where i say i have to get it maybe Maybe with hardware getting better and stuff, maybe maybe I'll look at it seriously for when the M3 gets put inside because that's when we're going to make a truly next-generation shift with the 3-nanometer processor, more power-efficient, more performance. But I could literally buy a Mac Studio today, and I know, I know that machine is going to last me at least 10 years, even if I want to get into creating 8K content with the power it has. This is how beast these things are. So it's um it's pretty ridiculous. And just something that this is where we're at. Apple even, I don't know if I've talked about this that much, but you know, I have friends inside of Apple and it's not revealing them, but they've told me and talked about how the M1 chips are so good, the M2 chips are so good that it's actually reduced repairs. And 
Because of that, revenue that Apple is typically expecting for repairs has significantly gone down. That's kind of wild to think. Now, they won't give me specific numbers or percentage, but it makes sense, right? This all, at the end of the day, benefits us, the consumer, but Apple as a business who makes money on repairs, imagine this, right? These processors aren't overheating. A lot of the times, what is most detrimental to a laptop, either you drop it or overheat, overheating over time ruins and degrades components and affects performance and can sometimes be the car and also spilling water. So those three things. But let's say you're totally, you're perfectly good with your computer. You never drop it. You never spill water in it. You could still be susceptible to heat damage, you know, thermals and what happens inside. Well, now the Apple chips, Apple Silicon is so good. Even that's not happening at nearly the same rate. So we're talking about a machine like this. And I talk about the Mac Studio that I could literally see myself using it for 10 years. But I, but I don't need it right now. So maybe, maybe if I want to start playing with 8K and we start getting there with the bandwidth, then, then it'll be appropriate. Or just because I want to. <laughs> maybe. We'll see what happens. All right. Let's take a moment to thank our sponsor, Indeed. What's a game where no one wins? The waiting game. So when it comes to hiring, don't wait for great talent to find you. Find them first with Indeed. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Indeed makes hiring in one place so easy. Even right from the main page, you type in the type of jobs you're looking for in the search bar and a list instantly shows up for jobs in your area. Now let's talk about Indeed's hiring platform that is second to none. Candidates you invite to apply are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in search, according to U.S. Indeed data. It gets you one step closer to the hire by immediately matching you with quality candidates. Indeed does the hard work for you. Indeed shows you candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. And Indeed's hiring platform matches you with quality candidates instantly. Even better, Indeed's the only job site where you only pay for applications that meet your must-have requirements. Indeed is an unbelievably powerful hiring platform, delivering four times more hires than all other job sites combined, according to TalentNest in 2019. So join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash AppleBits off for good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com slash applebits. Indeed.com slash applebits. Terms and conditions apply. Need a hire? You need Indeed. All right, let's get back to things and let's talk about, right, the Mac Studio Stellar. Stellar. So the Mac Pro, the, the Mac Pro, yes, it gives you expansion, six PCR, PCI Gen 4 card slots, um, you can't upgrade the unified memory, at least at this point. You still cannot do any type of third-party video card upgrade. It's really the PCI slots that you're going to put on there. You can do a storage space, but really this is more for the, I would honestly say maybe the 1% of Apple Base, maybe the 2%ers of Apple Base specifically that are in high-end studios and production companies that need to even serve through their network dailies, real-time looks at the cuts they've made on the latest film that can be distributed across a building to all invested parties to see the latest cut real-time in its highest resolution. Um, Obviously, you have people that work with audio cards, and that is an enhancement as well. But I still think this Mac Pro, 
which has the same design as the previous Macs, Mac Pro, so there's nothing new there. But the Mac Studio for 90, I'm going to say 99% of people is good enough. The Mac Pro is when you have this super, super finite niche use at the highest, highest level of production and distribution where then, okay, it makes sense to get a Mac Pro. Uh, Quite honestly, I don't know if I'm not dismissing the profession of a content creator or YouTuber or whatever, but uh, other than just needing as much storage space as possible, I just don't see why someone in that space would throw down for a Mac Pro. I just don't see why it's specifically necessary other than being in some of those disciplines and needing that. So the Mac Pro also got benchmarked, and what did it reveal? Well, the benchmarks are pretty much exactly the same as the M2 Studio Pros as well. The single-core score even jumped up a little more on the Mac Pros, um, typically kind of more around a 27 to 2800 score, whereas on the Mac Studio, we were getting more around uh, 26-ish, and then more around 2400 for the macbook air now i just realized uh i kind of made a boo-boo i i think i said uh the multi-core score on the macbook air 15 inch was around a hundred thousand, and people that heard that and caught that immediately probably like what the hell are you talking about it was it was supposed to be ten thousand, not <laughs> not um one hundred thousand or two hundred thousand. so a correction here mid-show yes the M2 MacBook Air 15-inch multi-core score is around 10,000, and then the Mac Studio score was around 221,000. See, I almost did again. And then if you talk about the Mac Pro, which is even pushing a little higher, kind of around 21,500, just kind of 21,700, just a little bit, a little bit more each way. Ultimately, Mac Studio Pro and Mac Pro Performance, it, you blink an eye, you're not going to miss anything. So the Mac Pro also has a little bit of a hard drive issue out of the gates, and Apple's planning to fix it in a Mac OS update in case you one percenters of the Apple community are really being affected by this. But Apple said a certain SATA hard drives might unexpectedly disconnect from the 2023 Mac Pro after the computer wakes from sleep. Yes, some hard drives might disconnect after the computer wakes from sleep, but Apple is aware of it and will fix it in a future Mac OS update, which is hopefully sooner rather than later. Um, The Mac Pro is set up with SSD solid state drive storage, but it has SATA ports for connecting some additional internal hard drives um, that we talked about. And then some of these can basically disconnect due to a bug that Apple is looking to fix. So. I don't honestly know a single person that has purchased a Mac Pro. Maybe if you do, let me know. But we talked all about the Macs, and there's obviously still a lot of chatter and a lot of rumors and rumblings around the Apple Vision Pro. I don't know how you've thought about it You know, over time now. Has it become more appealing to you? Has it become less appealing to you? I will say the buzz of what I saw has not run uh, has not gone away. I think that every time I talk about it, I still get really excited about it. But we'll just see if they do anything about that comfort. That is the biggest thing to me. And, you know, we've got to see more 
use cases with spatial computing. We got a fun little demo of moving windows around and using some of the apps, but what what is the what are what are some of those higher end apps and and how will they really function um in, in those situations as well so as more people have talked about and thought about i think people are now seeing like this is apple's next bid for their next computing platform that happens to also have some really crazy amazing entertainment experiences or media experiences but i'm not going to say even if it sells out because we know how how voracious the Apple community is. And my hunch is that they might, they probably will just because I think there's going to be a lot of those crazies who buy one to flip and sell in the aftermarket. And just because it's going to be a little harder to get, but it, it, it really remains TBD of how this will take off. I don't see it taking off in the next two to three years, maybe five years. We'll start seeing a little bit of a movement if they do release a lower priced version which has been talked about uh even mark Gurman has talked about how apple is specifically working on a more affordable version of the vision pro which makes sense because vision pro the pro is the higher end model but it it does kind of make me wonder well do we want anything less than that like what will be sacrificed to bring a more affordable version of that you know will the will the visual fidelity not be as good i gotta imagine the ui will be the same of you know, motion tracking with your eyes and snapping your fingers and using your hands to manipulate it. But what what are we losing in that? And will it be compelling enough as a computer and more for people to go for it? So Ming-Chi Kuo has a report that is related to the Apple Vision Pro because we know that Apple is working with our products side by side. And one of the things that I've been talking about is, hey, Apple knows their roadmap. We have these spatial 3D videos and 3D photos that Apple showcased someone using a headset to take. But come on, in a moment, I don't want to put on a headset if I'm already out and I have my phone in my pocket. And it's cool that the headset can do it. And they were really immersive and incredible. But we've got to start getting 3D cameras to capture content on our iPhones eventually. I've got to imagine that will at least be in the pro lineup. And that will make for really accessible experiences and can be pretty amazing if if they can do that. So Ming-Chi Kuo, typically known for leaking out a lot of reports from the supply chain and news has said that, you know, Apple is planning to include an upgraded ultra wideband chip so that the iPhone 15 lineup can talk with the deep, can talk with the Apple Vision Pro for a deeper integration. So what would that really mean? Well, Apple is obviously continuing to upgrade the hardware specs and be aggressive as we've seen how they want to have a ecosystem that is around their product. And clearly the the iPhone has always been the hub of everything and it is the heart of Apple's ecosystem. And that is why they want to tie the Vision Pro to it so and integrate other products with it. So the main hardware kind of specifications that could be shared with other products and the Vision Pro would be their Wi-Fi, and this ultra-wideband chip. Now, the first step in this process will be actually upgrading the ultra-wideband chip inside the iPhone 15. And by using a newer version of this ultra-wideband chip, it will allow it to be more efficient and more reliable. So what are some of the benefits that it can have? Well, iPhone 15 will likely see a more efficient 
UWB chip, what are going to call that instead of just saying ultra wideband all the time. And this production process is be moving from 16 nanometers currently to a more advanced 7 nanometer, allowing it to be better performance and reduce power consumption for these nearby interactions. Now, Apple's ultra wideband chip, it, they have their own chip called the U1. It first debuted or first was released with the iPhone 11, and it has been in every iPhone since that. So this U1 chip um, is also, you can find it in Apple's AirTags for their tracking system. The Apple Watch Series 6 has it. Uh, the newest HomePod mini even has it. Um, and I think the second generation HomePod also has it, as well as the AirPods Pro charging case. It's anything that has that kind of tracking, but it's not just used for tracking. The U1 chip can be used for Find My Features, for handoff, for precision finding, for airdrop, and more. So if you think of an upgraded U1 chip that is more efficient, that is better performing, that uses less power, talking to an Apple Vision Pro, stuff like airdrop, you know, content from a phone to the headset, I guess Find My might be important, but I to me, it's all about the airdrop and the handoff features that that could really kind of be the two features that stick out if you're looking for connectivity and hooks that are really key to the ecosystem. He also is talking about how the iPhone 16, which would be not a year, not even a year from now, but in another another year, will be looking to support Wi-Fi 7 technology, and the iPhone 16 would likely be the target phone that would upgrade to Wi-Fi 7. And then also we'd start seeing Wi-Fi 7 being a part of Apple's product lineup as well. So, you know, more bandwidth, more efficient, better Wi-Fi, always a good thing. And it's the next gen standard. Right now we're at a Wi-Fi 6E, but you're getting faster transfer speeds and data throughput. And these benefits are going to help more devices, specifically like as we get smaller and more powerful sending these things, I, I've got to see how this affects sending stuff from your phone to the Apple Vision Pro and, and your computers as well. So all these upgrades, all leading to, you know, Apple's future is the Vision Pro. I talked about it on the podcast earlier, last week, last episode, and you've got to imagine all these, you've, you haven't seen, Apple is moving the needle, but with the operating systems, maybe with some of the hardware features that we've seen not really happen on the iPhone as quickly and being delayed uh, or pushed out another year. So clearly so many resources were being put into the Apple Vision Pro and we saw that and it is an amazing piece of technology that you've got to imagine so much attention, so much brain power, so many resources are all being poured in that that other Apple's other hardware and operating system had to be affected in some way, shape or form, right? I'm not saying that it's trash because they aren't. They are not trash products, but they had to have been affected just by the fact that the Apple Vision Pro now exists and it is Apple's next, what they believe to be their next frontier for a new platform, for new experiences and new computing. And they will never use the words augmented reality, uh, virtual reality, or metaverse. No, spatial computing, my friends. Spatial. Not in, yeah, AR, VR, Meta, none, none of that. You'll never hear it. You'll never hear it from them. All right, everybody, that is going to do it for this week's show. Thanks so much for hanging out. 
always, always a pleasure to have you here. But hey, before we go, we got to give big thanks to our Platinum Apples that support this my content and this show at the $100 level. Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Frader, Jarrett Lewis, Michael Gigliotti, Atari Koenigsegg, and Glenn Canells. Thank you. Thank you so much for your support. And you all can also support my content at patreon.com slash Brian Tom. All right, everybody, we will be back. Same bad time, same bad channel every week with the Apple Bits XL and look out for the new MacBook Air full in-depth review, Mac Studio stuff coming and a whole lot more before I get married in less than two weeks. The countdown is on. It is on. All right, take care. Be safe, everybody. It's the Apple Bits XL. Peace.